And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps post-game show. My name is Sheldon Alexander. And your Toronto Raptors have lost two in a row. 104-99. Raptors fall to the Milwaukee Bucks. This is a battle of the two best teams in the league. It was an ugly game for the most part. But it came down to the wire. Super exciting. But the Raptors lose another close game. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you for joining me. If you are watching live on Twitter at Shell Alexander, click on the link. You will enter into Periscope where you can ask questions and follow along with the conversation because this, there's a lot to talk about in this game. A lot to talk about in this game. Also, send in your questions on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Take your questions there. I feel like the fan base, because uh, after the last game, after the last few games, there's been a lot of talk about Kyle Lowry. And this game, I feel like Kyle Lowry will once again be a focal point. So he finished with zero points. Now, when you lose a five-point game, and one of your all-stars that makes 30-plus million dollars a year finishes with zero points on 0-5 shooting, that's a problem. That's a very big problem. It's tough, though. I mean, he's definitely in a shooting slump. There's no if ands, or buts about it. And I was defending Kyle Lowry through the first two games, I want to say, two or three games of the shooting slump, because I felt like he was still playing aggressive. He was still, you know, making plays on offense or leading the offense and being aggressive. And now we kind of see the body language where it's not looking good for Mr. Lowry. And that's not, it's not good for the team. You saw Fred get extended minutes, probably because Freddie was playing really well. Fred Van Fleet with 19 points, 7 of 12 shooting. He, he hit five threes in this game. Great game from Van Fleet. So you saw extended minutes from Freddie tonight because he was playing good, but also Lowry was struggling so much. And my biggest worry with Kyle Lowry, okay, is the shooting slump is one thing, but when he's not even being aggressive, that's a problem. And the big discrepancy in this game, again, it was a five-point game. Milwaukee Bucks win 104-99. Big discrepancy in this game was the free-throw line. Milwaukee Bucks, 17 of 20 from the free-throw line. Raptors, 6 of 7. So Milwaukee shot 20 free-throws in this entire game. The Raptors shot 7. Now, I'm not going to argue about the calls. Yes, the the Raptors didn't play well. The refs weren't that good. We know the refs weren't that good. I'm not going to sit here and say that the refs gave the Bucks more calls than the Raptors because I'm not really here for those conversations. What I am here for is that Kyle Lowry is not even being aggressive. Now, if, if you listen to this podcast a lot, you know one of the things I talk about when you can tell Kyle Lowry is on is that transition pull-up three that he will just take at will basically every chance he gets. And when he knocks one of those down early, that's when you know Kyle Lowry is on. We haven't seen that in a while. We even saw a clip from Nick Nurse talking about the exact same thing, actually. And Nick Nurse encouraging Kyle to take those shots because he wants to see him do that because he knows that's when Lowry's feeling good. We haven't seen that over the last, what, four games. That's a problem. But my thing that I always bring up as well is when Kyle Lowry is going or when the team really needs someone to get them going, Kyle Lowry will always pull off the what I call the Chauncey Billups move, right? Your offense is kind of struggling. You haven't scored a basket in a while. And Kyle Lowry will aggressively drive to the basket, force his way into a defender, and force the refs to call a foul and get him to the free throw line so he can get points. I'm stunned that we didn't. And that, to me, when I watch this game and I look and I see that Kyle Lowry had zero points and he was 0-5 in this game, he shot no free throws. To me, that's the most worrisome part. We didn't even see that play in this game when Kyle Lowry... Like, that's a consistent thing, right? We talk about it all the time. People that follow this podcast know, right? That's one of the things I always talk about. You know Kyle Lowry is on. You know he's he's tuned in when he's making those little, I'm going to drive to the basket, lunge into the defender, force the ref to call a foul. I'm going to get to the free throw line, shoot a couple free throws, get some easy points up, get the team going. That's when Kyle Lowry is locked in. And him playing a full game of 34 minutes and 
and not doing that, to me, that's the most telltale sign of the lack of aggression that we're seeing from Kyle Lowry. I don't know. I mean, you don't want to put the whole game on Kyle Lowry because that's unfair. Kawhi played all right. I think Kawhi probably played better down the stretch. He gutted out to 20, 20 points in this game, shot 8 of 18. A lot of that damage was, was probably done late. Kawhi didn't play well for most of the game. I mean, let me rephrase that. Kawhi didn't play well offensively for most of the game. And so if you're the Toronto Raptors, right, and if you're the Raptors and you're Kyle Lowry and you're Kawhi Leonard and you're not shooting well to start a game, you're not going to win many basketball games, especially against top-tier talent like the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, maybe this was just super weird and super odd, but at the same time, while Kyle Lowry was missing threes, Serge Ibaka and more importantly, or I guess more effectively, Brooke Lopez were lacing threes. I tweeted this out during the game. Brooke Lopez was hitting dribble step back threes in real life, like shooting it with confidence. I don't know what's going on, but basketball in 2018 is weird. When I'm seeing Brooke Lopez handling the ball on the perimeter, putting it through his legs and hitting step back threes. It just seems even more weird while I watch Kyle Lowry in this shooting slump that he's in. But it just goes to show just how much the game has changed. And this Milwaukee Bucks team, it's a completely different team. The way that they play, they're up and down. They shoot a lot of threes. They are shooting, what, the second most three-point attempts per game. They're shooting over 40 threes a game. They make 19 per game. Like, the Raptors, I feel like, kind of got into that mentality where sometimes it looked like they were trying to keep up with the three-point shooting of the Bucks, even though... When you look at it, the Bucks made what? Total, the Bucks made 15 threes in this game, 15 for 39. The Raptors hit the same amount of threes, 15 for 44. So they hit the same amount of threes, but I just don't know if that's the Raptors' offense, right? If that offense is best suited for the Raptors. Serge Ibaka in this game shot 11 threes. I don't know if that's what you want from your offense. I'm not knocking Serge because the way that the Raptors were playing, again, you're getting nothing from Kyle. Kawhi Leonard was also struggling with his shot. So I'm not mad at Serge because a lot of times he's wide open and there you almost have to take that shot in some instances, right? But there were other times where I felt like you could have moved the ball a little more and gotten a better shot, maybe gotten another look for Danny Green, who finally they started to get him some shots, but I still think you need to swing the ball more and get Danny Green more involved in the offense. Uh, let's go to, we got a lot of comments here filling up as of course, the fan base is going to be fired up after a game like that. I'll start in uh, Instagram where we get, uh, let's see, first comment. I'm just trying to scroll to the beginning. That just tells you how many comments are here. I'm going to try to catch up. Uh, my guy C. Brown says, Raps win that game if Lowry is half as good as he should be. I mean, if you really go back to it, there was a moment in that game. I tried to highlight it and, and write it down so I could remember it for this little thing we call the wrap it up podcast, but the Raptors were up by three and Lowry, Kawhi drove to the basket, Raptors up three late, Kawhi drives, finds Kyle Lowry wide open. And if he hits that three, it becomes a six point game with right around a minute left. A six point game with right around a minute left. And instead Lowry misses a wide open three, Brogdon gets the ball, he hits a three at the other end to tie it at 97. Then the next possession, Kawhi turns it over, Bucks get the ball in transition, swing, 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 Brogdon open, hits another three, that gave them the lead. I mean, if Lowry hits that three, like, not even if Lowry plays half as good as we need him to play, but if he just hits that one wide open three, right, late in the game, again, that gives the Raptors a six-point lead with a minute left, and you really like their chances if that's the case, right? But right now, I think it's in his head. He's just not aggressive. Again, you can always tell people's free throw numbers. And it's not that Kyle Lowry shoots a lot of free throws, but I'm telling you, that Chauncey Billups move, you always know when it's coming. Next time, like if you follow me on Twitter during the game, I'll try to tweet it out exactly you know, when it happens during the game because hopefully we'll see that Kyle Lowry again. But it's normally when the Raptors are in a scoring drought or something's just up and you just see him put his head down, drive it. sometimes he'll even do the cheap move where he'll hook onto the defender's arm and then throw his arms up to try to get the foul call but bottom line is you're just trying to get to the free throw line and get easy points 
not only for yourself, but for the team as well. And there are multiple opportunities in this game where he could have done that, but he was just not aggressive. Not aggressive at all. Uh, more comments here. Uh, someone says Middleton traveled when they trapped him. I actually agree with that. You know, and again, if you know me, I'm not big on blaming the refs, right? Like there are moments definitely where referees make terrible calls and they're tough calls for referees to make, but a great play design by Nick Nurse on defense where the Raptors tried to trap at the very end of the game. And it did look like Middleton shuffled his pivot foot. And I mean, great defense by the Raptors. It's a tough play. And I'm not going to crush a referee for missing that call. Do I think he traveled? Yes. But I'm not going to crush the ref for missing that call. That's a tough call to make in that point of the game. I, it's a tough play. I'm just not a person that's one to blame the refs on like one play like that and, and equate that to a Raptors loss. But to me, I'll take the bigger picture from that, which is Nick Nurse being able, Nick Nurse and his staff being able to draw up just different looks at different points of the game. So I thought that was a good look. Uh, more comments here. There's got to be something physically wrong with Kyle Lowry. Um, Kyle Lowry, someone else says Kyle Lowry is a beast. He's better than Kyrie. He's definitely not playing like it right now. Um, Kyle has hit four shots in his last four games. That hurts. Yeah. We're going to start seeing the shooting numbers on Kyle Lowry start to come out. And it's just not been pretty at all. And Kyle Lowry, again, it's one thing when he's not passing, when he's passing up shots, sorry. It's, it's not a good look. And down the stretch, the bigger problem as well was they fell into the trap. And it's because, again, Kyle Lowry's not being aggressive in any way, especially down the stretch. But he was playing hot potato with the ball with Kawhi. He was just giving the ball to Kawhi. Kawhi would pass it to him and Lowry would just like touch pass it back. And that's not good because it allows the defense, which the Bucks did a good job of, right? The Bucks just loaded up on Kawhi Leonard down the stretch because they knew it was apparent that nobody else wanted the smoke other than Kawhi. And credit to Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard, one of those threes that Kawhi hit, he had, like, it, it looked like there's a famous Kobe play where Kobe's in the corner and he like spins back to the three-point line and hits a three. I think it's against the Blazers. There's like a crazy Kobe play where like only Kobe Bryant would shoot that shot, but then only Kobe Bryant would splash that shot. Kawhi didn't hit that exact shot, but it kind of gave me flashbacks to that because the way that he just drove to the corner and despite the fact that Brooke Lopez, and I think it might have been Bledsoe or Middleton, I'm not sure which one it was, there are clearly two bucks right in front of his face, and Kawhi did not care. He pulled up and hit that three. And again, that was just Kawhi Leonard looking at the situation, looking at the fact that Kyle didn't want, him, want the ball. And now Kawhi had to make that play. And this is a tough part, right? Because as we're evaluating Kawhi Leonard as like the superstar and people will start to throw out like is he clutch whatever that means because you know that's such a tough difficult thing to like pinpoint right is I'm gonna ask this question is Kawhi Leonard the person to just give him the ball and like he's gonna make plays do you know what I mean like I understand that you can give Kawhi the ball and he can get a basket I understand you can give the ball to Kawhi and he can get a shot off but that can't be your offense for the entire crunch time right it's tough when he's getting double teamed like that because it, it's like a different level of skill set, right? In terms of being that star who can get your shot off anytime you want. But then the next level, and I'm talking about like, you're only talking the peak, peak guys in the league or in the history of the game to play where they're able to handle the double team and then just make the best play. Meaning, is it taking a shot or is it finding the wide open guy off that double team? And I don't know if we're there yet if, if you're Kawhi, right? And other teams are going to be watching how the Bucks played the Raptors down the stretch. And they were just, you know, while Kawhi went for the screen, the, the, the defender whose man was setting the screen would just follow Kawhi and set up the double team and force him to make a play. And he was either making a play or making a turnover, which happened late. And that was really tough, right? Again, I don't want to blame it on Kawhi because I think that he's been carrying a lot of the offensive load and a lot of the offensive playmaking for the Raptors as of late. And 
it's a lot to put on a guy, right? Like, I know he is a superstar, but again, there's different levels of superstar, right? There's different levels of guy. Yes, we know he can shoot the ball, get a shot off, but can he handle the double team and find the open guy? Are the Raptors used to that? How he's going to play, when he's going to pass it, how they should be cutting to the basket, who's going to be cutting to the basket. All of these things are still things that the Raptors, chemistry-wise, need to work on as the season progresses, right? Um, let's see here. Josh Lewenberg has some uh, very interesting stats here from Kyle Lowry. He says, this is the third time Kyle Lowry has been held scoreless in a game since he started, and the first since March of 2013. It's the first time he's ever played 30-plus minutes in a game without scoring a point. Yeah. And this is where things will get interesting for Kyle Lowry, right? Because when you are a guy who is testy with the media and then things start to go in a bad direction for you, like, it's fine if you're Kyle Lowry and... It's fine if you're Kyle Lowry and you're playing great and then and now you're being salty with the media. That's cool, right? But as soon as it starts to turn, that media is going to remember and they're going to be coming for you. So this is where things, I, th- I think, will kind of get really interesting and could, could go really badly for Kyle Lowry here if the shooting slump continues. I mean, after last game, he said all the right things, I thought. You know, he put it on himself, said that he's playing terribly, he has to get out of this. You know, he has to work his way through it. He said all the right things, being very accountable. But as the shooting slump continues, I'm interested to see how the Kyle Lowry media dynamic continues. Because uh, the numbers are terrible. More comments here on Lowry. Uh, the one time you should swing the ball after passing up all the shots, he shoots. No more excuses for starting him. Or sorry, no more excuses for him. He's starting to cheese me. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Here's my thing. Two games ago, I was saying, you know what? He was still being aggressive. He was still making plays. He was still taking charges. And like his body language wasn't as bad as it looked. And you saw that shot. Uh, I think it was Kyle and, and Delon at the end of the bench. And they're sort of sitting there with their hands their hands on their on their chins and I always thought back and I always referenced my high school coach Mr. Lilico right shout out to Northern he always used to say don't sit like that on the bench it's just a bad look you just look not engaged you look disappointed you look like you're 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 salty to the world and yeah that was definitely Kyle um Let's see here. Another comment says, I'm honestly starting to question if the first 20-odd games were the exception in the past week is the new norm for the Raptors. That's an, I mean, I don't think that's the case because they pointed out during the broadcast, right? The Raptors have now lost, what, six games this season? Seven games this season, sorry. And most of those games were games lost right at the end. Meaning that It's just a play here and a play there. And literally, I mean, a shot falling or not falling, right? Not like poor execution, not like, you know what what I mean? So I'm still not worried yet. I think guys are starting to work their way back in. A big theme that I think is the bench mob. We got to like revoke that name because I don't think they're just not playing well, right? The bench is not playing well. And maybe, you know, we talked about how uh, Nick Nurse was using JV and Serge in the starting lineup and rotating them, right? We talked about how that was working seamlessly with the starters. Well, maybe the downside of that is that it's not working well with the bench. Obviously, it's way more important for the starters to be cohesive and the bench isn't as big of a deal. But if you're going to continue to play the bench as a full unit all the time, that they might need some consistency in terms of who is the player that is playing with them. Is it Surge or is it JV? Also, CJ Miles, I mean, this was probably one of his better games, but I still don't think he played well enough to earn the minutes that he got in this game. I know that might sound weird, but I look up and I see Pascal Siakam only played 25 minutes in this game. And he had 17 points, 7 rebounds, hit two threes. Knocked down two threes comfortably, 
three blocks. He was active. He was a normal Siakam self. But I feel like at a certain point, what needs to be considered is not playing the bench as a full unit and now just cycling in, you know, having one of Lowry or Kawhi or Siakam, all, or maybe just having two of your starters always on the floor with your bench. So you're not playing the bench mob as a full unit. Because I, I just don't think that lineup is working, right? JV was okay, but I, I feel like JV in this game against the Bucks, unless he's guarding and playing against Brook Lopez, which is still a tough matchup the way that Brook Lopez plays now, where he's he's just shooting three. So that just means they're throwing JV in the pick and roll and, and Lopez is popping out to the corner or popping out to the three-point line. It's a tough game for JV to play. So it was almost seemed at certain points in this game where I thought, I don't know if you can play JV in this game, right? I don't know where his minutes come from. If he's not guarding Lopez, who is he guarding? There was a moment there where he was in the game against, I want to say Thon Maker was out there and Ilya Sova, and that's a terrible matchup for Jonas Valanciunas, especially if on the offensive end, the Raptors' offense isn't running through JV, which means just throwing the ball to him and letting him cook in the post. And even if that's the case, to be honest, I don't know if that's what you want your offense to be in 2018. I don't know. It's an interesting, it's an interesting concept, but the bench mob clearly is not working. It's not a cohesive unit. This tonight was Fred Van Fleet's best game for sure. But again, CJ Miles and OG, OG continues to struggle. OG is having a really, really tough time. And that's the thing. We keep comparing the bench mob to what the bench mob was last year, which is really unfair because there's different players involved, right? We talked about how the improvement of the bench mob last year came from the fact that all those young bucks worked out together in the offseason together with Nick Nurse, but they all worked, worked together. And so even though you're subbing in players that are just as good, if not better, right? Because now you're talking about Serge or JV being better than Pirtle, right? The chemistry isn't there. The way that these guys play, the way that we saw last year, the ball was just on a string. The ball was moving from corner to corner, swing passes. And whether it was DeLon or Freddie or Siakam, they were getting open looks every single rip or, you know, even the big man chemistry between uh, Pirtle and Siakam. That's what made the bench mob what it was. It was the chemistry that these guys had. And remember, that came from those guys playing together in 905, playing together in the offseason, and then playing together as a whole second unit in the NBA. So now look, you still have Freddie and DeLon, but CJ was back and forth. CJ and OG were back and forth with the starters last year, right? And then JV and Serge, those are new members as well. Norm's been down. I don't know how Norm's going to fit into this when Norm comes back. But the bench mob definitely needs to get it in gear because I don't think that you're helping yourself as a Raptors team by giving the bench mob extended minutes, especially in the second half. And you notice that Nick Nurse in this game decided that he had the short leash on the bench mob because he came back with Kawhi Leonard early in the fourth quarter as the bench was starting to struggle. But again, your Raptors lose back-to-back -back games as they go down 104-99 to the Milwaukee Bucks. They've lost both their games against the Bucks this season, one on the road, one at home. Obviously, this game was a lot different because neither Kawhi Leonard or uh, Giannis played in the last game. Also, the Raptors were missing a bunch of their bench guys in the last game, if I'm not mistaken. But this was a tough matchup for the Raptors. It was a good game to kind of see what was going to go on just in terms of a team that if you have NBA Finals aspirations, this is one of the teams that you might have to go against. So it was interesting to see that matchup. And the Raptors didn't play well. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They did not play well. But yet, at the end of the game, they had a chance to win. They were right there. They had the lead. at. They were up, what, three with just over a minute left? So they were right there, and they probably didn't deserve to be there at all. I'm interested in how the bench minutes are going to go down. We saw kind of lineups. I want to know what you guys think of the lineups we saw late. 
where late in the game, um, Nurse decided to go with Fred Van Fleet instead of, and downsize, go with Fred Van Fleet and ha essentially have one big guy in Serge Ibaka, and Siakam was on the bench. Do we like that matchup? I felt like Siakam gives a lot of good minutes. He does a lot of different things. There are times where I felt like Siakam was over-dribbling, and it's a little thing, but there's times where I felt like if he gets a ball and makes that, and just swings the ball over, you know, that extra pass, Danny Green gets an open look, and that's good offense. So, little things, but hey. We'll read some comments, tons of comments here on uh, Twitter as well. Again, this show is always live for those listening to this the next day. We're always live on Twitter at Shell Alexander. You see the full live stream there. And I always take questions on Instagram as well at Shell Alexander. Or sorry, at Sheldon Alexander on Instagram, at Shell Alexander on Twitter. Uh, more comments here from Twitter. Trade Lowry now. Let's get someone from Boston. That's just a reckless comment. That makes no sense. That would never happen. Uh, let's see. Lowry didn't even drive to the net. Totally agree. We talked about that early. That's when you can tell someone's not being aggressive when they're not driving to the game. Uh, let's see. Someone says, it's totally fair because he is supposed to be our second best player. Yeah, I mean, at this point, Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry is struggling. Like, he's playing horribly, and that can't happen right like he's an all-star he is your second best player he makes 30 million dollars a year like he has to play better there's no if ands or buts about it Kyle Lowry has been playing like trash for four games he at least was finding other ways to affect the game I felt early on in his shooting slump but this game yeah he he seemed halfway in uh let's see here someone says Wow. Someone says, Sean, it's, it's, uh, he says, stop beating around the bush. It's Kyle's fault alone. I'm not ready to put the whole game on Kyle Lowry. I think that's kind of unfair to put the whole game on Kyle Lowry when you were still up three with, you know, a minute to go in the game. I'm not going to blame, put the whole game on Kyle Lowry. I don't think Kawhi Leonard offensively played well for most of the game. Uh, Serge shot 11 threes. Like, I don't know if that's the offense you want to be running if you're the Toronto Raptors where Serge Ibaka is shooting 11 threes. There's a lot of things there. And I'm not blaming Serge for that. I'm not blaming Kawhi. He's been carrying a lot of scoring load. Yes, Kyle Lowry has played like trash. I'm just not ready to say that it's all Kyle Lowry's fault. Although, hey, maybe I'm wrong. I'm seeing a lot of chat, a lot of people here saying, uh, saying the, the opposite of me here. And they want to blame this game on Kyle Lowry. Um... This Kyle issue isn't new. Why are we all surprised? It's been like this the past few seasons. Another person says, Lowry is garbage. Wow. Another person, if Lowry doesn't get his shit together, Kawhi is so gone. I mean, here we go, right? Here we go. People are starting to turn on Kyle Lowry and it's quick. And you know what? We have seen this in, in years past where Kyle Lowry goes through shooting slumps and he starts playing poorly. Normally it comes after the All-Star break or... Do you know what I mean? Down the stretch of the season. It's rare for it to happen this early on in the year. But again, the way that he came out early, he came out gangbusters early. And, you know, maybe he wore himself down early. That's not a good look. That's not an excuse. I'm just trying to figure out what's actually going on with Kyle Lowry right now because it's not good. Uh, someone else says, in your last wrap it up, we, as, oh, sorry. I said in your last wrap it up, we need scoring. Totally true. I mean, I didn't disagree with that. I just think there's different ways you can go about getting it, right? Freddie stepped up. Freddie hit a bunch of open shots, open threes. Fred was aggressive. We saw him hitting threes. We saw him driving to the basket. Fred played solid. I just think there's different people who are capable of scoring. I know in theory you want that consistent number two score. I don't know if that's if you can put that all on Kyle Lowry. That should be Kyle Lowry. Yes, I, I agree. It should be Kyle Lowry. But it's not right now. And I don't know if that's going to change. I really don't. I mean, there's other ways that Kyle Lowry does affect the game other than his scoring. But you need him at least to be able to, to be a solid three-point shooter. You need him, bare minimum, to be able to knock down open threes. And he's not even doing that right now. And that's a really big, big problem 
someone else says, Kyle's confidence just isn't there right now, but there's still a lot of season left. Totally great point. Makes a lot of sense. There is a lot of season left. So, hey, maybe he's getting his shooting slump out of the way early and he'll figure it back out and, you know, start playing well and play well for the rest of the season. I don't know. Uh, another comment here on Twitter. Again, thanks for all these comments, guys. Really appreciate it because this is a conversation, right? And especially these podcasts when I'm doing them by myself, I need you guys and it really helps and it, it helps having the conversation keep it flowing because I want to hear from you guys because I'm really starting to get worried about Kyle Lowry, but I'm not in panic mode yet. I'm not in like, we need to bench him or we need to trade him or he's done for the year. Like I'm not there yet. I'm still saying it's a shooting slump. A lot of people kind of disagree with that though. Um, Critiquing this team with finals expectations, scoring is needed. Yeah. I mean, the pass it, they keep playing pass it to will offense with Kawhi at crunch time. Here's a problem, right? So, that's a solid point, but that kind of was their, their team last year. It's just DeMar wasn't up to the task. So now you upgrade DeMar, and you're still falling into the same traps. And yes, a lot of that does fall on Kyle Lowry, right? It really does. You hope that Kyle Lowry can get back to running the offense and moving the ball, and you know the whole team can get back to passing the ball around and... and, and sharing the ball so that it's not just Kawhi driving and making a play because that's a lot to put on Kawhi because I don't know if he's that tier of player do you know what I mean like to be really honest I'm saying that's like LeBron maybe KD and Steph I don't I don't even know like who are the guys that you really trust that say they can handle any situation whether you throw the double team at them whether they have to drive and make a tough basket or drive and kick like how many guys in the league do you really trust to do that there's like a, less than a handful for sure and I don't know if Kawhi is at that top 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 tier where you're saying yes just give him the ball for the last two minutes everybody get out of his way and he's gonna win the game just my opinion uh let's see here Kawhi is getting a dose of playoffs, Kyle, in early December. Oof, that's a tough, that's a tough one right there. It's a very tough one. Um, <laughs> yeah, things not looking good for Kyle. Yes, Kawhi did it for us on the Spurs. We won 60 plus games doing that. Hey, maybe I could be, could be wrong. I mean, I can't say that I watched, you know, 60 plus Spurs games every year, but hey, Kawhi Leonard has played great. Kawhi Leonard even gutted his way to almost a Raptors victory tonight. So I'm not going to crush Kawhi Leonard and say that he he played horribly. He, did, he didn't do well offensively, but I feel like defensively every night you see something different from Kawhi, right? Like you're seeing him fight over screens and still contest and block shots on defense. And I think that's just incredible, right? Like he's getting in passing lanes. He's, you know... Obviously, the, the reach, his long arms, he's just disruptive on, on defense. And again, while his shot wasn't falling, he's still doing other things. Now, Kyle Lowry, we need to see more of that. There were no charges taken from Kyle in this game. There was no, you know, swing pass or whatever. He was still making turnovers. He was very hesitant in this game. It's not a good look by Kyle Lowry. Someone else here says... Uh, I agree with you. Kyle needs to turn it around and do so quickly, I hope. Another comment. I think Masai should look to add more ball handlers like Wall. Wow. I don't know if you want any of John Wall. <laughs> if, you think, if you think Kyle Lowry is salty with the media, John Wall is not the answer to that. I don't think the, the Raptors want anything to do with John Wall. Someone else points out Beal to go along with Kawhi would be great. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. It definitely depends on what you'd have to give up. But, I mean, that's definitely interesting. Again, a lot of things are changing my opinion of what we're seeing over the last couple games. As Kyle Lowry struggling or not shooting well is okay if the bench mob is a bench mob. But this team will not survive if Kyle Lowry isn't shooting well and the bench mob is not playing like the bench mob. You can't survive those two things. One of those two need to sort themselves out if the Raptors are indeed to be a team to make a deep playoff run. If both those things are clicking, 
the Raptors are making the NBA Finals. Does that make sense? I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. Again, Raptors fall 104-99 to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Someone here says, this is the worst I've seen Kyle play in a year. Yep, I totally agree. Another comment, Kawhi did carry us late in the fourth on the Spurs. Yep. Oh, Spurs fans tuning in. I appreciate that. Shout out to you, Spurs fans. I like to hear what you guys think of DeMar, watching him night in, night out. Uh, someone else says, Beal over Wall, but not sure if I like either unless they buy into the culture. Interesting. Uh, someone else, and I'm more, I agree with this next comment the most, says, why is everyone saying we need to trade? We are the best team in the league. I'm still on that side. Like, I don't think it's time to panic. I don't think it's time to make a trade. There's another comment talking about the Sixers and Bucks already made trades. And, like, I'm not panicking because the Bucks got George Hill. That's just me. Jimmy Butler's one thing, but the Raptors took care of them, right? I'm not here making moves because the, the Bucks traded for George Hill. That's not, that's not making me blow up the team. I think Kawhi is doing really well. I think they got to figure out how to consistently get shooting from Danny Green. Maybe that's just adding more play calls for Danny Green, you know, calling more set plays for Danny Green. I don't know, but there's ways to get the scoring by committee up. Someone says, DeMar would be really nice. I'm going to stop this. I'm not, I'm not buying into that. There's no talk about DeMar would be really nice about now. What does, come on. What, what, why do we want DeMar? I don't understand that. I don't understand that. But anyways, Raptors fans, I'm not, I'm not surprised by this. Just the way that the reaction is going to be. Sorry, had zero points. And anytime your starting point guard has zero points in a professional basketball game, chances are your team's going to lose. This Raptors team, and the reason why I'm saying, hey, it's a bad shooting slump. Hey, it's early in the season. They're still sorting stuff out. We've seen Kyle Lowry go through shooting slumps. Not quite like this, but we've seen shooting slumps from Kyle Lowry before. And, you know, you hope that he works through it. I'm not ready to panic. I'm not ready to say you need to bench him or trade him or anything like that. You just hope that he works his way out of this shooting slump. And more importantly, you hope that it is just a shooting slump and there's not something physically wrong with them. Because there, if there is something physically wrong with them, just sit them down. Sit them down, have them get healthy, because you want them to be back in time for the playoffs. That's the most important thing. So figure out what's going on. Is it a shooting slump or is something physically wrong with them? Because right now, it's just not looking good, and Kyle Lowry is not doing much to help the team at all, especially in this game. That was not good. Uh... Someone says, start Kyle and then sub him early in the first. Let him play with the bench where he is forced to look for his shot. It's an interesting interesting point, right? Very interesting point. I mean, Kyle, he does play a lot with the bench, right? Like Freddie came in early and we saw a lot of bench minutes or Kyle Lowry playing with the bench. So maybe that's a thing. The old school bench mob, Kyle and the bench, as uh, I think was one of uh, Matt Devlin's favorite things. So we would see that every once in a while, right? Um, what is this now? Sorry, I'm reading more comments here. The DeMar DeRozan fans are, are popping up here <laughs> as the Raptors lose. DeMar would be nice to have held onto in a perfect world to pair with Kawhi. Guys, I'm, I'm over DeMar. Watching Kawhi night in, night out, and knowing that we gave up DeMar for Kawhi Leonard, I'm over DeMar. Like, I don't even... Come on, guys. Uh, someone else says here, the same choke culture of DeMar keeping Kyle in the starting lineup is manslaughter. Amazing Kyle talks crap about Masai and then scores zero points. Again, that's true. Kyle Lowry talking smack is cool when he's playing great. But when he's playing bad, everybody's going to come for you, right? Everyone's going to rewind those clips of Kyle Lowry talking smack about Masai or Kyle Lowry being salty with the media. That's what's going to happen right? That's the risk you take. And hey, I'm even the one that always says, talk all the shit you want as long as you're playing good. If you're playing well, you could talk all the smack you want as long as you bring it on the court. Kyle Lowry right now is not bringing it on the court. Uh, let's see. Kyle Lowry's not even trying to shoot. He's only looking for assists. 
Kyle will not perform in the playoffs. End of story. There's a lot of stuff, yeah. Someone else says here, this is an interesting point. Funniest moment, CJ subbed in to make a three at the end. I did kind of laugh at that. I was like, what? But he was brought in to, I guess, inbound the ball. Maybe they wanted a taller inbounder that wasn't uh, Freddie. Maybe that was it. Because there wasn't really that. I mean, I don't know. I found that a weird move. When that happened, someone else says Kawhi is not even 100% yet. He is clutch. He has to get it back. Um, yeah, this whole Kawhi narrative about is he 100%, how close is he to 100%, I think the next step is just him being a consistent monster, right? And I, I think the prior four games that we saw from Kawhi, he was just in beast mode. Tonight, he looked a step slow early on in the game, right? Like he wasn't getting his buckets early on in the game. He's still giving it on defense, but it wasn't until crunch time that we saw that aggressive Kawhi Leonard getting to the basket, getting free throws. Again, you can tell with either team. In this game, Kawhi Leonard only shot three free throws, right? That's how you can tell a team being aggressive and a team that's settling for threes. Raptors, again, attempted 44 three-pointers and only six free throws. That's not a recipe for success. It just isn't right? No matter how you cut it. Toronto Raptors lose to the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm going to check and see if we got any uh, Kyle Lowry sound here. It's probably going to make the the reporters wait a little here would be my guess. Uh, as he continues to struggle, I just mean the fact that Kyle Lowry is not even scoring a point in a game, that's pathetic, right? Like that, that just can't, can't happen. Just not a thing. I don't know. Raptors fans, let me know. If you guys continue to be worried, hit me up on Twitter at Shell Alexander or on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. We got a lot more comments still coming in, and I greatly appreciate it, guys. I try to get to all of them. I try to see them all and and read them on the podcast because I really do appreciate you guys joining into this conversation. Because I, w- I always want to try to get a feeling for what the people are thinking in terms of where this team is going, what people are feeling about Kyle Lowry. Has your opinion changed in a week, right? A lot of people seem to be on Kyle Lowry's side with the media as long as he was hitting shots, and now that's not happening. Yeah. Uh, someone says, give up Kyle, CJ, and OG for Beal. I don't know. I'd have to check the trade machine. I don't know if that works. Kawhi needs to be better passing out of the double. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that comes with um, more experience and more time spent with the rest of these guys, right? Because other guys will know just little things, right? Like, can he pass the ball driving left? You know, can he pass the ball off the dribble, you know, going to his right? Like, just little things like that. Where are the cutters going to come from? Like, all those things are things that will come with time and with more experience and continuity playing with the your new teammates, right? So we'll see how that plays out, but I agree. Kawhi does need to do a better job. He had one really bad turnover down the stretch that led to the Brogdon, I want to say, go-ahead three that he hit. That wasn't a good look. Also not a good look. Someone just tweets in and says, CJ Miles is shooting 27%. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay if the CJ Miles minutes go down. And again, in this game where, as I said, Siakam only played 25 minutes, CJ played 14, I wouldn't be mad if those extra four minutes went to Pascal Siakam. Siakam's a young buck, right? He can handle the the heavy workload night in, night out. I would probably want to see him play more minutes, and I, I would think that the next adjustment from Nick Nurse is, do you keep trying to play the bench mob together as a full unit, or do you just adjust the minutes of your starters to have two of your starters on at all times. These are just the little things, little adjustments you got to make going forward. And so far, what have we learned from Nick Nurse? He's willing to make adjustments in-game, right? He's willing to make adjustments on the fly. So, hey, if there's one person who would be willing to make such changes, it would probably be Nick Nurse, right? Because I don't think you want to see an offense where uh, Serge Ibaka had what, I think like 11 three-pointers attempted. His career high in a game was nine. And I think that he, 
I think that he had eight in like the first half or something. Like it was just ridiculous. But it's just what the defense was giving the Raps at the time, right? Uh, these two losses are not a concern, someone says. The, they gave us seven free throws. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I think it's a two-way street. Yes, the refs need to make calls, but you also got to be aggressive and go to the basket to try to gain free throws, right? So I'm going to give a lot of that to the Raptors as well and just being aggressive and driving to the basket. There are a couple calls where I felt like Kawhi got fouled and they didn't call them, but overall as a team, and of course, when I say as a team, I do for sure mean Kyle Lowry. He definitely, definitely, definitely needs to step up and be more aggressive. Another point I made earlier, but someone else joins in and says, Danny Green needs to be more involved in the offense. I totally agree. They should maybe start trying to just run set plays for Danny Green, run him off a couple pin down screens or something, just get him a couple open looks, right? If you run a couple plays for him each quarter or something like that, just something to have him attempt five threes a game. You know what I mean? Just give him a chance. He's a good shooter, and there's just too many times where he just wasn't getting the ball at all on offense. And I think if you just leave it to the swing pass, that's difficult, and it becomes a lot tougher for that to just happen consistently. But overall, it's a bad loss. It's a bad loss because the team did not look good. But positives I would take away from it, Serge was a gamer in this game. Serge was a gamer. Serge came out to play front to back. He was making huge blocks on defense. He was active around the rim, grabbing big rebounds, hitting threes, taking threes confidently. Serge played great. Again, Fred Van Fleet had his best game of the season. That's a big takeaway from this game because you need Fred Van Fleet, especially if Kyle Lowry is going to struggle, right? Or if something's wrong with Kyle Lowry and he goes down with injury, you need Fred Van Fleet to start playing better and he did that tonight so that was definitely a good sign and yeah I just think it's funny to sit back and 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 hear people hear people just jump right because the reactions that we're seeing right now about Kyle Lowry are the reactions that people were waiting for to jump on Kyle Lowry at the start of the season right the way that this all played out where DeMar left. Kyle didn't really say much. He didn't really say much at training camp. He didn't really say much during the preseason or whatever. We know that he was salty about DeMar and salty towards Masai. And the fan base really wasn't happy about that, right? The media wasn't really happy about that. And so the reaction that we're seeing now when the shooting slump is happening, this was a reaction that people were waiting to give at the start of the season. It's just that now it seems so much funnier to me because, hey, they're 21 and 7. It's okay. If this road trip goes really bad, and we'll find out a lot about this Toronto Raptors team on this upcoming road trip, right? Cause this is a lot of like this is a tough road trip. Bottom line. Like there's no beating around the bush. The road trip coming up is a difficult one. And I mean, if you come away with a split, you, I mean that's to me, that'd be pretty good. You got at the Clippers on Tuesday, at Golden State on Wednesday, at Portland on Friday, and at Denver on Sunday. Legitimately, if you win two of those games, like that's, I'm, I'm, I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying this is a very hard road trip. So we know the Clippers are off to a great start. That's a team that they'll be ready for you, right? And the other thing is too, Everybody's ready for you now. You're getting every team's best game as a Toronto Raptors. So a road game in LA against the Clippers, you know, that's going to be a tough game. Second night of a back-to-back in Golden State, also a tough game. So you really want to win that Clippers game and get that road trip started. Friday night in Portland, we know the Blazers are a good team. They're a solid team. They're tough at home. One of the best home crowds in the NBA, also a tough game. And then Denver, we saw how good... Denver was, right? We saw how good of a team Denver was. So this is a tough road trip. But I feel like we'll learn a lot about the Toronto Raptors at the end of this week. So buckle up, Raptors fans. If you're really salty about Kyle Lowry and how he's playing now, if this road trip goes poorly, oof. Oof. I'm almost afraid of what the comments will be seeing about Kyle Lowry if he continues to struggle during this road trip. I'm looking forward to just seeing how this team, you know, 
rallies through a tough road trip, right? Because these are the games, you know, Kawhi Leonard is going to be fired up to play against the Clippers because that's rumored to be one of the teams he might be joining next year. Will the Raptors, if they're on a three-game losing streak, do you just rest Kawhi or Kyle against Golden State? I know fans want to see them play against Golden State. I want to see the Raptors at full strength play against Golden State. But the smart idea, especially with Kyle struggling, might be to sit Kyle, right, in the second night of that back-to-back. Again, Portland's a big boy matchup. That's a good, that's one of the best backcourts in the NBA in McCollum and, and Lillard. So interesting to see how that plays out. And the revenge game against the Denver Nuggets. So each of the next five games, big, big games for the Toronto Raptors. And I keep saying five games and it's four games. I don't know what's wrong with me. But the point remains, tough stretch for the Raptors. I keep saying five games because the game after Denver is against Indiana. And that game's at home, which also makes it a tough a tough game as well. So that's why the five games is stuck in my head because you're playing five legitimate playoff teams coming up. So that's when you're going to need to wrap to see a lot from the Toronto Raptors here and how they do in the upcoming week. So again, I look forward to having those conversations with y'all after each and every one of these Toronto Raptor games. Remember we are live on Twitter at shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander my bad. I apologize if I'm not getting to any and all of the tweets. There's a lot of them coming through, so my bad. Uh, someone is saying we had the easiest schedule in the league. I mean, I think that's an exaggeration, but also you also play who's in front of you. They also dealt with a lot of injuries. They also were integrating two starters into their team, so there's a lot of stuff going on with the Raptors, right? It's a long season. There's going to be up and down stretches, and they just didn't play well tonight. So, Hopefully things change, and hopefully you will join me again on the Wrap It Up podcast. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and you can find me on Twitter, where you can find this podcast live after each and every Toronto Raptors game, at Shell Alexander, and on Instagram, at Sheldon Alexander. Also, this then becomes a podcast which you can listen to the next day for your morning commute, or maybe while you're sitting and chilling at work. You can find that on iTunes, on Google Play, on SoundCloud. All you got to do is search On Blast Podcast. And as always, shout out to the people on YouTube. If you just go to YouTube and search Wrap It Up On Blast or my name, Sheldon Alexander, you will find all of these podcasts, video content. Thank you. Appreciate it. Keep commenting because I want to hear from you, Raptors fans. This is the Raptors fans podcast where... We get to talk and shoot the shit about what's going on with this team because this is the best team in the league as it currently stands, and this is the best Raptors team of franchise history. So we will continue that conversation, not only during the podcast, but afterwards in the comment section. So thanks again for joining me. And as a wise man once said, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps postgame show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Boom, blast.